الله أكبر الله أكبر Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Islamic Center at New York University podcast coming to you straight from the heart of New York City. We're building an amazing Muslim community here at ICNYU where everyone is welcomed and respected no matter where you're from or where you're at. This is the place to be. So open your ears and your heart and come along with us on another life-changing journey. Bismillah. Uh, we're blessed tonight, alhamdulillah, to have Sheikh Amara Shukri here with us. And in a minute, introduce him, but I want to invite our brother Suhaib to come up and just start with some verses from the Quran, inshallah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ما كان محمد أبا أحد من رجالكم ولكن ولكن رسول الله وخاتم النبيين وكان الله بكل شيء عليما يا أيها الذين آمنوا اذكروا الله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اذكروا الله وسبحوه بكرة وأصيلا هو الذي يصلي عليكم وملائكته ليخرجكم من الظلمات إلى النور وكان بالمؤمنين رحيما تحيتهم يوم يلقونه سلام وأعد لهم أجرا كريما يا أيها النبي إنا أرسلناك شاهدا ومبشرا يا أيها النبي إنا 
أَرْسَلْنَاكَ شَاهِدًا وَمُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا وَدَاعِيًا إِلَى اللَّهِ بِإِذْنِهِ وَسِرَاجًا مُنِيرًا وبشر المؤمنين بأن لهم من الله فضلا كبيرا صدق الله العظيم those who are not aware of Sheikh Amar, mashallah, uh, he currently is an imam in Houston, Texas, but he's a New Yorker originally. He works as a director at the El Maghrib Institute, which many of you are likely familiar with. And on a personal level, I've been blessed to know the Sheikh for quite some time. And I can tell you that, mashallah, he is somebody who truly has a conviction in everything that he speaks about. That you can meet a lot of people who are quite eloquent with their words. And if you've heard his poetry, mashallah, it's remarkable. And you can meet a lot of people who they have a unique ability to articulate in certain ways. But there's not always so many people who actually live by what it is that they speak about. I've never in my life seen Sheikh Amar actually get angry with somebody before. And he could tell you that in the time that he's known me, he's probably seen me do a lot of stupid things in my life. But he's somebody who has this unique disposition that, mashallah, <coughs> May Allah make us from amongst those who just being able to hear from him but also to have this moment of suhbah is something that we can really start to inculcate that demeanor for ourselves as well. And the other thing that I would say is that he was someone who has been to this community at a time when this building was not here. And we were hosting al-Maghrib classes here in auditoriums that had no air conditioning and buildings that were leaking. In a time when Sheikh Muhammad Sharif, may Allah's mercy be upon him, rahimullah, was teaching courses in the basements of Masajid, has now grown into an institute that impacts people globally. One of the things that I would want you all to know is that there's a lot of people like you who would not have been able to benefit from someone like this had he chosen different choices than what he chose and gone down routes that sometimes quite often we're not encouraged to go down when we're younger. But he opted to make decisions that not everybody was deciding upon. For some reason, he left New York to go to Houston. We won't hold that against him. But to understand that where things are at this moment aren't where they started, 
and that it necessitates people having to make those decisions to get to the places that you all are now benefiting from, mashallah. And so as you hear him and you take from his knowledge and you gain from his insight, also allow for yourself to understand that at some point prior to, he was sitting where you were sitting, literally in the building that was here before this one. And he benefited from his teachers and surrounded himself with people who gave him the confidence to now be in the place where, mashallah, his work benefits so many people. And there's a lot of you who are in this room who have that capacity also. And you want to understand the continuity of how we bring the beauty of our deen to so many is not just that we sit and we take for ourselves, but to then have those conversations to say that maybe I should think a little bit differently about what it is that I'm going to do with the time that's ahead of me as well. Does that make sense? There are going to be some books of poetry that will be available uh, at the end of the program, and the sheikh is uh, going to sign the books. There's not enough books for everybody in the room, but inshallah, he's going to be doing some other programs here. Tomorrow he'll be at Baruch, and on Wednesday he's going to be at uh, John Jay. At John Jay, and I don't know the rules about entrance into those buildings, but if he can make it, you should definitely try to go there as well. We have more books at those spaces. Yeah, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. So if you don't get one tonight, you can feel free to stop by there and get uh, some tomorrow. Um, and before I kind of close with intro, I would say if you can make just special du'a, uh, you know, we went through a lot over the last few years here in New York City. And one of the most amazing programs that we were blessed to have at our center were these weekend seminars that we hosted with the Al-Maghrib Institute. We haven't yet been able to have the seminar that Sheikh Amar does on the 99 names of Allah and make dua, special dua that Allah blesses us with the tawfiq to be able to host that here, be in those programs again, uh, and that he gives continuity to the good work that all of the organizations that the Sheikh is a part of are able to be continued means of benefit for his creation. And so, just before uh, I move and I ask um, either Yusuf or Tariq to come up to help moderate towards the end of the program, if we can just ask everybody again to kind of come in as close as you possibly can, um, just to make room for people as they're kind of getting in the doorways. You guys are getting cozy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. They've been coming. Okay, Zakla If you can be mindful, if we have any elders that come in the room, uh, any young children that come in the room, that you make space for them. Um, Sheikh Hamar is going to address us on the topic of the optimism of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he'll speak for about 40-45 minutes or so. And then there'll be opportunity for question and answers. 
um, some discussion. And after that, if you uh, get the book, there'll be a book signing. At the end of the program, um, we'll make a jamaah for Isha for those who haven't prayed yet, inshallah. Yeah, barakallah fikum. Thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, inshallah, may Allah make this a blessed gathering, a gathering in which the angels descend, inshallah, uh, and accept from all of us. Alhamdulillah, salatu salam ala rasulillah wa ala ala sahbihi wa sallam sima kathira ashadu an la ilaha illa wahdahu la sharika lahu ashadu muhammad abdu rasuluh salatu rabbi salamu alayh amma ba'd salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Can you guys hear me okay? Do I need to be louder? I can get louder a little bit louder? Okay, bismillah So, <clears throat> you know, uh, I usually actually don't do intros ever I uh, don't like intros at all but I actually just kind of wanted to see what Imam Khalid was going to say about me. So <laughs> that's the, I just made an exception uh, just for tonight because, you know, a lot of times an intro and a bio is just somebody who doesn't know you kind of just reading off of a page from a website that they got and mispronouncing everything that they're reading at the same time. But when you have somebody who you know, who you've worked with for so long and benefited from so much, uh, and who's watched you as you've watched them over the past uh, uh, 20 years basically here in New York, alhamdulillah we've, you know, I, I was just a little bit intrigued uh, and alhamdulillah I'm, I'm happy to to hear what he said and ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us better than what people think of us to make the best of our moments the day that we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, NYU is a very special place and honestly when uh, he just uh, mentioned the names of Allah course Muntasir um, knows he's here. When uh, when we had uh, the Al Maghrib class, my class, my after growing up in New York, having so many classes, attended so many classes in New in NYU specifically here. When I was in Houston and they told me we want to have your class in New York, I said it has to be at NYU. I don't care what, where, like what date. It just needs to be at NYU. It ended up being at Columbia. But, uh, <laughs> But inshallah, we'll bring it back inshallah ta'ala another time at NYU. But for me, it was just like I needed that full circle moment of being in the basement here, alhamdulillah, teaching a seminar where I've benefited so much. And specifically, ICNYU has been very unique because um, number one, you've had the benefit, and it is a benefit and it's a privilege to have a chaplain who's been here uh, growing the organization and being that steady anchor as one generation of students comes and the next leaves you have an organization that's had steady leadership usually MSAs kind of are like this all the time they get one great team for a year and then they get you know uh, a little bit less than that for a couple of years and I've given this example of ICNYU all over the country Alhamdulillah, it's, and, and, and it's, this is what you guys are experiencing. And so sometimes when you're in it, you don't really realize what you're experiencing. But this is a very, very, very unique experience for you to have such excellent leadership. So may Allah Azza wa bless Abu Medina, Imam Khalid, Hafizullah uh, Ta'ala. And everyone who makes ICNYU possible and all the other student groups. Um, we're going to be talking.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Thank <laughs> you.
who are trying to instill um, optimism, thinking positively, not focusing on the class half empty for tweens and teens? Uh, what's the advice for parents uh, when it comes to uh, being optimistic, meaning you being optimistic with regards to your kids or teaching them to be optimistic? Teaching them, inspiring them, trying to get them to think positively optimistic. Um, just by doing it yourself, that's how you do it. You be that example of optimism for them and they will absorb it. What I've learned in my life, and I'm sure some of you have learned this by now too, for sure, is that the things that your parents did, said, even when you were in your period of 13, 14, 15, rejection, all that, I'm too cool for all of this, it was all deprogramming. For me, I learned that when I moved from New York. When I moved from New York, my mother used to have this uh, bakhur. Bakhur is incense. And she used to walk around the house with it, and we all used to hate it. Every single one of us would complain, and, and she would just rub it in our faces. <laughs> and if anybody had a cold, she would just come with it, you know? And so I remember one time I was traveling to Houston and I had my suitcase in the living room and she opened my suitcase and she was stuffing <laughs> incense in it. And I told her, I said, I don't need that. I don't want it. And she was like, uh, she was like, just keep, you, don't, you never know. It's like, cool. So then I went, got to my apartment in Houston and I took it out and then I put it on the stove. I didn't even have like a thing for it. I just put it on the stove. And when I smelled it, it smelled like home. And I've loved it ever since. So I went from 180 degrees hating it to realizing, I was like, man, she was programming me this whole time. <laughs> it's programming. It's, it's a deep anchoring. And so my point is, is that you trust, as a parent, you trust this programming that you're doing. You trust that you're anchoring them. They're going to learn more from what you say, and not from what you say, what you do than what you say. So if they see you being optimistic all of the time, inshallah ta'ala, they're going to absorb it from you. Yes, sir. Excellent. Got to. Hala, hala. It's you. MashaAllah. So, my question is divided into two parts. The first one is that can we be too optimistic with our faith? Is there too much optimism? What does too much optimism look like? So, yeah, I was giving an example. For example, all of my friends keep the beard, right? Like a proper student of beard. Yeah. You know, going at it. He actually got persistent from the own extended family saying that, you know, you're going to the corporate world, like why are you doing this? You might face some obstacles. You should cut it short, you know, look more like how the culture Presentable, is. yes. You know, and, and so, so forth, like, he got discouraged in the trim of right? Okay. Because he was saying like, I'm trying to follow the sunnah and a lot of blessing you follow the sunnah. It doesn't matter, like, you know, the dunya of your obstacles or whatever it is. Um, I think that the second part of the question would be like, is it important for us to be optimistic so we can be faithful, or do we have to be faithful in order to be optimistic? Do we have to be optimistic to be faithful, or do we have to be faithful to be optimistic? Um, and number two, you gave the example and you said, uh, can a person be too optimistic in the sense where, for example, a guy has a full-fledged beard and he wants to go and work in corporate America with that beard. And he doesn't want to trim it, he doesn't want to do anything, and everybody's like, uh, you're, you're going to need to, you know, just uh, adjust a little bit to corporate America. Um, how, are there people who work in corporate America with beards that are full Sunnah beards? Is it possible? Has it happened? So there you go. So it, it can happen. Um, 
that being said, that being said, there are issues in which sometimes it's uh, a matter of seeing what you have access to as far as I'm, I'm not saying that a person like fiqh shops or anything like that but I've met people with beards who they could you know just trim it a little bit you know what I mean like they could just you know be a little bit more presentable doesn't mean that it has to be unkept is my point um, it can be well kept and uh, that person can be presentable with it inshallah um, but I, I don't. I don't see that as an example of being too optimistic. I think that opportunities do exist for that individual. Um, do you have to be faithful to be optimistic, or optimistic to be faithful? Um, you don't have to be faithful to be optimistic. There are people who are naturally optimistic uh, as well. And do you have to be optimistic to be faithful? Um, I don't see. I, I see that a more person. Again, it's an extension of good expectation from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So the more a person knows about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more they're going to be optimistic. That's just naturally how it goes. Umar ibn Khattab عنه, was asking Allah to be a martyr in Medina. And it was the most secure city in the world. But he wanted martyrdom. And his daughter Hafsa was like, Amin al-Mu'mineen, or she's like dad, or whatever she called him. She said, you're in Medina. Like, where does martyrdom happen? Martyrdom happens where the battles are happening in the Muslim frontier, in Iraq, in Asham, in North Africa. That's where martyrdom happens. How are, how are you? But he was like, oh Allah, I want martyrdom in the city of your prophet. And he's optimistic. Does it seem impossible? Yes, it's impossible. But you know what's even more impossible? What the Prophet ﷺ told us. He said that if the hour, and this hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari and Adab al-Mufrad, it's authentic. He says that if the hour is established while one of you is planting a seed, they should plant it. If the day of judgment is starting and you're planting a seed, you're, you're planting a tree outside and you can plant the seed before it's established, then do it. But you're like, the day of judgment is starting, who cares about my tree? <laughs> like what is this tree going to do? It's the most useless tree ever. The most useless tree ever planted is that tree that's about to be planted right then and there. But the Prophet is teaching us, don't if you want to do something, don't worry about the impossibility of it. Don't worry about the obstacles. If you're going to do good, do good. Yeah. Yes. Um, my question actually kind of comes off to the what you just said right now is how do you balance like optimism versus like knowing what to cut your losses? Like I think of the Treaty of Qudaybiyah, those Habibis, they, they really didn't want to go back to Medina. The Prophet kept telling them like, no, like we have to go back, it's done. Excellent question. So she says, how do you balance optimism with knowing when to cut your losses? There are two constant companions of anybody who's making a decision. The first companion is what's called istikhara. And the second companion is istishara. Istikhara means that you consult Allah. There is a prayer that we are taught to pray. Jabir ibn Abdullah says, the hadith is reported by Tirmidhi. He says the Prophet وسلم, used to teach us this prayer like he would teach us a surah of the Quran. Like he taught us, He taught us how to pray the istikhara prayer. So it's a prayer that we should all be familiar with. Even if we can't memorize the Arabic, we should know the gist of how to say it in English. And you should make this dua. Look at all the decisions you make in your life. You choose this class and that class and this professor and that professor and this apartment. And you make so many decisions. You should make this, and you know what? You read so much in the books of the Muslim scholars, how they'll talk about before beginning this book, even if it's a short book, like the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawi, or the, they'll be like, فَاسْتَخَرْتُ Ta'ala." Someone told, gave me the idea of writing this book, and I prayed the istikhara prayer before writing it. 
you're picking an essay topic. You're like, which one? This one or that one? I think I'm going to go with this one. Let me pray two rak'ahs for istikhara. It is a beautiful, beautiful journey. A journey that is directed by consulting God all the time. They call it divine GPS. <laughs> Corny, but I liked it when I heard it. Okay? So, um, so that's the first thing. Knowing when to cut your losses, I'm asking Allah all the time. It's not to make the decision for you. I'm making the decision. But in the dua, what are you saying? You're saying, oh Allah, if you know that this is good for me, then facilitate it for me. And if you know that it's bad for me, then divert me away from it. So that's obstacles that are coming in your way. That's, that's problems that are coming in your way. And then the second thing is istishara. You're consulting people. You're talking to people who are, who are aware. And they tell you, hey, I think you should cut your losses here. You say, okay, you can cut my losses. Right. Allah says, yes. Do you have to have a decision? Yes. So the istikhara doesn't decide for you. The Prophet says, If one of you intends or commits to a matter. So I'm thinking of going to NYU. Like that's where my heart is. I'm this, I, I want to go to NYU. Okay? That's you, that's you guys. Before you went to NYU, you're like, I'm, I'm intending to go to NYU. You've done all of your research. And then you pray Turaq as istikhara. And you say, oh Allah, if you know that NYU is good for me in my deen and my dunya and the ending of my affair, then facilitate it for me. Boom, you get the acceptance letter. Boom, you get the scholarship. You get uh, housing. You get this, you get that. Facilitate it, alhamdulillah. That's, that's the manifestation of the istikhara. If you got rejected, that's also the manifestation of your istikhara. Right? Yes. What if you're completely unsure? Then you consult people. You consult people. Yes. Um, I'm a reader from a non-Arabic-speaking Yes. Um, and sometimes I get, it's hard to be optimistic um, like in the journey of like learning because I don't know a lot. Um, and it's hard to follow along. So like any, any tips or advice for someone like non Arabic How long have you been Muslim for? A year. So, uh, her question is she says, sometimes it's hard to be optimistic, been Muslim for a year, and uh, you know, it's hard sometimes to follow along. Number one, uh, we need to do a better job of like not throwing so many Arabic terms into our conversations. So, that's our bad, and I'm sorry on my behalf for that. Uh, number two, um, it's it's a life's journey. There's no there's no ending to it, and so there's no. Um, I don't know if there's a, a point in time where it, it'll be like, oh, okay, I'm I'm I've reached. There's nothing to reach. It's it's a journey until the you know I sit in gatherings sometimes and I get lost with regards to certain things, but the goal is always to just be better the day after than the day before, and. The Prophet ﷺ, he says three things, and these three things are the keys to success. Okay. He says number one, as as a journey. Number one, he says focus on what benefits you. So even as you are learning, there's a lot that will be coming out to you, I'm sure, from a lot of different people in a lot of di different directions. Every single one of us is obliged to focus on where we find spiritual benefit. 
what benefits me is different than what benefits you. And what benefits you is different than what benefits anybody else here. So you have to be a little bit selfish in that regard. And you got to say, this is where I find benefit. I find benefit in reading the Quran. I find benefit in listening to this person. I find benefit in studying here, right? So, and then be selfish. This is where I find benefit in. Number two, he says, وَاسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ Seek the help of Allah. Asking Allah all the time. Make this easy for me. Facilitate it for me. And then number three, he says, don't give up. Don't give up. It's... It's a, it's, a, it's a marathon. And so inshallah ta'ala just be consistent uh, and it will get a lot easier inshallah. And everybody here is at your service. Yes sir. Last question by the way. Yes. What is the best way to answer someone that is praising you? Um, so Abu Bakr he's asked, what's the best way to answer, answer someone who's praising you? So Abu Bakr was praised and he said, Allahumma, he says, Allahumma khfirli fi ma la ya'lamun. He says, Allahumma la tu'akhidni bima yaqulun. He says, oh Allah, don't hold me accountable for what they say. And forgive me for what they don't know about me. Because at the end of the day, no matter if someone comes and praises me, what's, what's supposed to humble me? What I know about myself. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that person, one of the one of the righteous, he said, if people are amazed at you, then they're only amazed at how beautifully Allah has concealed your faults. If people are amazed by you, they're only amazed by how beautifully Allah has concealed your faults. Because if every one of us, if we walked around with our faults on a chart, it would be it would be hard. Okay? So Abu Bakr says. Forgive me regarding what they don't know about me and make me better than what they think of me. So these three things. He said, don't hold me accountable for what they say and forgive me for what they don't know about me and make me better than what they say. And Allah knows best. Cool, cool. Yusuf, it's been a pleasure being with you all. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you're inspired by the work that we're doing at the IC and want to help keep it going, subscribe to our podcasts, follow us on social media, donate to help support us at icnyu.org, and most importantly, keep us in your continued du'as. Until next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.